<laughs> wow, I'm a little taken back, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> lieutenant. Oh, I'm sorry, am I supposed to call you Lieutenant back? No, you're supposed to call me Captain. Captain? Captain? That's right. Captain Crush, look at you. Wow. So I guess you said no to the kids, no to the family, just no ladder you can't climb, no, huh? No, no, honey, I just said no to you. This is crazy. Three years? We haven't seen each other for three years, this is what we're gonna talk about? <laughs> what would you like to discuss? Did you take my Steely Dance CD? Everybody, welcome to Generation Lost, the show about movies with Bryn and Jeremy, who who are not taking themselves too seriously. You're fucking right about that, <laughs> Bryn. This is week three of the Dark Council's remake month. Um, we have had Zatoichi, the Blind Swordsman by B. Takeshi. We have had Scarface, and now we have the A Team. The A Team, which is interesting because i realized that it's not a remake of a movie mm -hmm. it's a remake of a show and it's actually it's a kind of, a of a prequel yeah sort of yeah um it's a show that i'd never i i guess we'll talk about this when we get to the actual movie yeah, we'll but, talk um, about it. but it's a show that i was extremely aware of but had never seen before i feel like we've mentioned the 18 before on the show maybe i think you've definitely told me about something the music is memorable that's true the music is memorable ba, ba, da, ba, ba. sounds like an aaron bum, copeland bum, yeah uh -huh. sounds like an aaron copeland song it does um yeah but we should not talk about the movie that we watched <laughs> how have you been <laughs> how have you been listener take Hope off your well. shoes get relaxed take your hair down yeah Stay take your hair down <laughs> i know you like to wear it up but you know what I like it down. <laughs> this is about what Jeremy wants. This is about what I want. <laughs> I know you've always wondered, and I prefer it down. Oh, thank you. I, now I know. Um, actually, before we get into uh, the other thing, um, we should mention that the Sopranos tier voted. Thank you, everybody. That's right. For voting in the Sopranos tier. And I think uh, for the first time ever, we came to a full deadlock um, yes. An absolute tie that um, we were forced to break ourselves. The tie was between Twin Peaks and Sense Eight. Um, yeah, let's let's just the, the fact is is that there's really no other way to do it. We didn't vote in in the thing, so we kind of just decided like our votes the tiebreaker. Um, mm -hmm. You clearly both you everybody wants one or the other. Yeah, I think everybody kind of wants to hear us do both. Is what it feels like, and mm -hmm. we'll we'll get to Twin. I'm Peaks I'm sure we'll eventually. get to Twin Peaks one of these days. But we uh, we talked about it, and we decided that because we have both seen Twin Peaks, uh, although I haven't seen all of it, I haven't seen you haven't seen three. the third season yet. Um, I actually don't even think I finished the second season now, which is reasonable. It. It's not very uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> so I I didn't finish the second season. Uh, I haven't seen the third season, but I have seen a good chunk of Twin Peaks. I'm very aware of it. 
However, Sense8 is something that I do not know anything about. And we're huge Wachowskis fan. Yes. Uh, we love, I personally love every movie they've ever done, mm-hmm. even Jupiter Ascending, which is not very good, but it's it's a definitely fun. So I've been meaning to check out Sense8. Um, it's one of those shows, I think I watched the first episode when it came out and then was like, I'll watch this when it's done or something. And then yeah, just never did. One of these days. Uh-huh. It was a one of these days show. Um, I've never, I, I don't know. I think it was pretty beloved by a very specific <coughs> group of people. Um, and then was canceled, which is mm-hmm. how Wachowski's shit goes. Um, so we'll get into that on the bonus episode at the end of the month or maybe the beginning of the month. We're kind of on a late schedule now. It's halfway through the month. So we have, we only have 15 days basically to finish a whole series. So we'll see. <laughs> We'll see. Um, but thanks everybody for voting. Remember that in two months we will have another vote. The season, the show is only two seasons long, so we'll watch it all and then we will vote again. Um, so be there. Don't forget to vote. Don't forget to vote. Watch and out please for the email. Vote for Game of Thrones this time. <laughs> <laughs> I think you should vote for Twin Peaks so we can get to it, get it over with. Um, make Jeremy tell us his true feelings. Um, <laughs> you all know my true feelings about Twin Peaks. It's the best show ever. Even though the sec- half of the second even, season Even sucks. the horrible second season. Even half of the second season, which is bad. Um, but enough about the things you have to pay for. Uh, <laughs> Let's talk about what you get for free. And that is what Jeremy watched this week besides the A-Team. What is it? Thank you for asking, Bryn, this week. Um, so this this uh, this um, this past season uh, over the summer, um, there was a there's a recurring HBO series called Hard Knocks uh, where there they <laughs> Hard Knocks is is a series where they uh, they focus in on an NFL team and their upcoming preparations for the you know their preparations for the upcoming season. Uh, this past season, oh, of course, it's like a docu series, mm-hmm. and that it's pretty good. Fun. I've seen it before; it's pretty good. This season was about the Jets, and uh, the Jets are a team that I have a. Uh, uh, I don't like football very much. I, I watch it, but really? I don't love it. Um, but the Jets are a team that I have a deep uh, spiritual connection to. Unfortunately, um, I don't know if you're following sports news at all right now, Bryn, but. Um, mm. Uh, in bit. the in the off season, the Jets signed a one Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know one I of know the greatest about. one of the greatest living quarterbacks, um, very famous guy. Uh, they signed him, and everybody was saying, "Wow, the Jets are looking pretty fucking good." All of a sudden, maybe they'll <laughs> actually win a Super Bowl for the first time since the '60s. And mm-hmm. um, uh, they played their first game with Aaron Rodgers this past week, and he made four plays before blowing out his ACL. Yeah, he got hurt. <laughs> So he had a uh, season-ending and possibly career-ending injury the moment he stepped on the field for the Jets. Oh, so cursed, cursed. But I had team. I had known about the signing. I was very interested in uh, watching the Hard Knocks to see, you know, all of this, you know, what was going to go into it all. And I said to myself, I will save it because I've got other stuff I want to watch. I'll save it and I'll watch it, like you know, during the season or whatever. Um, Aaron Rodgers blows out his ACL, and I'm like, well, fuck. Well, now this is going to have a very dark sort of a tone to it. <laughs> so I watched uh, I watched the Hard Knocks of the Jets, 
and um, it's very good. It's a good series. Um, there's not a lot to say about it. It's pretty formulaic. You're watching guys, you know, playing football, talking about what's good and what's bad about playing football and stuff like that. And uh, if you're interested in in a in watching a extremely optimistic and hopeful group of people with a dark specter hanging over their heads, <laughs> I would highly recommend Hard Knocks uh, Jet Season. Um, yeah, very like, interesting to see because all they talk about is how much Aaron Rodgers is about to change the Jets' fortune. Nah. They've got all these great <laughs> moving part. They've got great. De- they've got like an elite defense, really good offense, but they just need that QB to fucking bring it all together. And they're like, Aaron's here. Everybody talks about Aaron. All they want to talk about is Aaron. And then <laughs> first thing that happens, fuck it. You can see there's a leg video blown off. <laughs> you can see a video of it where you watch his leg. Uh, hit the ground and you could just see the muscle literally just <laughs> just do this weird undulation. You're oh like, oh my God. fuck. <laughs> God damn. That uh, looks really painful. Let's pull that up. <laughs> um, so that's all I really have to say about the hard knocks. Yeah. Jets. He, he is, uh, you know, obviously I'm assuming a small percentage of our listenership cares about football, mm-hmm. uh, American gridiron. Um, but 19 hours ago, he says that it is likely not a career ending injury. Mm. He will vows to rise again. Uh, but it probably will be the end of the season. For it's him. definitely gonna be the end of the season for him. There's no fucking way he's coming back. <laughs> so that's, that's that. Uh, I wanted to mostly talk about, however, a docu-series that I watched also on HBO as it were. Okay. Um, this is, uh, a new piece um, by Adam Balalu and Sam Lipman Stern, two documentarians you've heard of for sure. Uh, and the piece is Definitely. called Telemarketers. Mm. Have you heard anything about it? No. Bryn, you must watch. <laughs> really? You must watch. Folks at home, run. Do not walk. Turn off the podcast. Come back to it later. <laughs> don't, don't do that. Watch Telemarketers. <laughs> it is so good i loved it so much so you watch it all i watched it all it's a three episode three hour piece uh and so it 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 tells the story of this guy sam lipman stern who drops out of high school when he's in ninth grade and uh you know that's the first year right Mm -hmm. he just immediately drops out immediately drops out he's he's just like a scumbag he's like a he's a graffiti guy he's a skateboarder uh drug guy you know just piece of shit and he needs to get a job so he goes and he gets a job at this telemarketing company um and in the beginning it's it's very skateboardy where he just kind of like goes to this place and like the vibe in the office is so anarchic that he's just like i need to just start filming this all the time so he just starts bringing a camera to work with him all the time and just filming all the crazy goings on in their office because the people who work at this telemarketing office are all like you know, drug addicts, ex-cons, dropouts, like just like, you know, the, the, the people who can't get a job anywhere else are getting a job here. And the office has this policy of just like, if you're making your calls and you're making your money, you can do whatever you need to do to get through your shift. (laughs) I don't give a shit. So like you have all these, all this footage of like, you know, this, this, uh, main character guy, um, what is his name? Fuck. Pat. Pat. Yeah. Um, Pat Parisi or whatever. Um, Pespas. Pat Pespas. Um, yeah, so Pat Pespas is the main character of, of the video alongside uh, Sam. Pat is like a heroin addict when we meet him. 
Okay. And he's just this like he's got this like shaggy, crazy hair and this big fat mustache. And you just watch him like snort a bag of heroin and then just like, go in and oh, make God. his calls. You're seeing him like nodding off as he's in the middle of his calls, but he's like closing deal after deal after deal. <laughs> and there's like guys like getting drunk. There's there's a guy getting a tattoo. There's a there's a part where you see Sam like go into the bathroom with a hooker and get his dick sucked. Like you don't see it, but I mean like you see it basically right. about to happen. Um so, uh, and so this is all happening out of this this office, right? So, so these guys are. You said I would have heard of them. No, no, no. You wouldn't have heard of them. They're oh, you nobody's. wouldn't have heard. So uh, these, <laughs> this is like something they filmed at the time, mm-hmm. and then turned it into a show. Yeah. So this is a twenty plus year project that this guy has been on. So okay. in the beginning, it's just about documenting kind of like the wacky shit that goes on is in his office. But basically, what they're doing is they are like fundraising for. Um, like police benevolent societies. Oh God. And, um, and, and whatever the other one is called, the, there's like the two types of police unions, but basically they're like fundraising for them, but they're keeping like their company keeps 90% and the police get 10%. And so there's always this sort of like undercurrent of it where they're like, this is kind of like a scummy thing that we do, but like, you know, we're all just making our money and whatever. Yeah. If you're new to the show, we're not fans of the police benevolent (laughs) union. Uh, so, so <laughs> cops in general, him and Pat, I guess, start hanging out a lot. And Pat's like, I don't feel good about this company. This is like sketchy shit that we do and whatever. I'm like just trying to make money how I can and whatever. But like, I want to like, I want to like expose what they're doing because this is like scammy and weird what they're what they're up to. And basically what ends up happening is over the next 20 years, these two men kind of like reconnect several different times down the path of their lives to like come back to this project and try to like push it a little further along towards, you know, exposing this company um, and this, this industry of, of fake fundraising. Okay. Um, <coughs> and I mean, like ultimately in the end, they don't, you know, <laughs> they don't, they don't <laughs> really uh, accomplish a whole lot, but it ends up being this like really touching little piece about like, this kind of like unlikely pairing of guys. Cause like Pat is like 30 years older than Sam. Um, and Sam is, you know, Sam's like a fuck up and Pat is like an even worse fuck up. And all through this time, they're like, they're like disconnecting with each other and reconnecting with each other. And you get this like nice sort of like character of, of like the outer, like the, the, the outer suburbs of the New York area. You get a lot of like, really nice um fun characters um and i don't know there's just something really nice in the way that like these two guys are just you know they're idiots but they know that something is wrong and they're trying to do something about it and it's 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 an interesting look at like what the tools available are in that situation right you know like you have this kind of you know this this glorified view of documentary filmmaking essentially where you're like you know if i just expose the truth then that'll do something and something (laughs) will happen and and like not only does nothing ever happen like they're constantly getting like laughed out of you know meetings with politicians the police are just constantly slamming the door in their face because they're um, like, who cares? Who cares? And also, like, we don't want to stop doing this. Um, yeah. There's, like, this whole sinister extra side of it with the police and what they're getting out of it and whatever. Um, but, like, ultimately, it's all about kind of, like, 
you know, the can't fight city hall sort of, you know, story trope in addition to like, if you yourself don't actually have the tools, like, what does that mean? You know? So like, there's all these Mm -hmm. great moments where like, uh, they go to like this national meeting of police, um, you know, police unions and they find the president of the national board of police fraternal orders or whatever and they like see him at the bar and they're like holy shit like we can actually just go up to him and talk to him right now and they like are going to do an ambush interview with him and they get to him and pat like <laughs> pat like gets to him and he's like excuse me uh mr whatever and the guy's like that's not my name and he's like are you sure and he's like yeah that's not my name uh, you, you don't know who you're talking to and he like goes off and like these two cops kind of like flank him and push him away and whatever and like in the moment you're like oh my God, this guy is like denying who he is and like just trying to get away from him and whatever. And then they go outside to talk about it. And Sam is just like, yeah, you said the wrong name. Oh no. You just didn't have his name right. But it was the guy. <laughs> it was the guy. You just said the wrong name. <laughs> and like, oh, no. there's like that. And there's like one where they, they find somebody that they're trying to do an ambush interview of. But like Pat, sees like a barbecue truck and he's like they're like in texas for the first time he's he's never been to texas before and he's like i want to try texas barbecue and he's like are you sure man that's like really saucy and messy <laughs> he's like he's like it'll be okay and he's like literally like licking his fingers as he runs across the street to try to catch the guy <laughs> <laughs> it sounds really fun it's really really fun and really <laughs> it's just it's a really nice Piece about like a specific type of metro area scumbag character mm-hmm. that I just but, like, like trying to do something good, but just, <laughs> exactly like, yeah, the scumbag trying to <laughs> trying to rise above his station and trying to like do something right for the world and just like what do you do? You don't have the tools and you're never going to have them. You know, like that's right. just who you are. That's where you were born. That's what but you were also, born into. But also, like even <laughs> even the project, like even if you were you know, someone who could do this thing well, like it wouldn't really matter because mm-hmm. you just don't have the information about like what what to even do about it. Exactly. They're like constantly talking about Michael Moore and they're constantly like, <laughs> I love the way that he does these things and I want to be like Michael Moore, you know, and, and whatever. And it's like such a perfect encapsulation of like what is actually happening here where like, you know, Michael Moore, he he sneaks himself into a place and like gets somebody to accidentally talk to him. But then like, you know, there's that moment where you can see like the shark eyes and like they go black and Michael Moore has like, you know, a, a whole list of really good questions to ask the person or whatever, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> and, and and you can see that they they understand how to get themselves into the situation. But then once they get there, they're just like well <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah and it looks like this is a show it's only three episodes mm-hmm. um it looks like the way it happened was they somehow got in contact with uh oh they were cousins yeah so sam litman stern Ballaloo, who is, did, this is um, all part of the movie actually um, oh so like sam sam is like just getting all this footage when he's a kid and like constantly trying to like push this thing along. And there's like several times throughout the movie where like Sam's parents are just like, they just come in and they just have an idea that he just hadn't thought of. And they're like the most obvious things in the world. Like (laughs) one of them is like, 
like uh, there's some like publicly accessible information about some about like court cases or something like that. And he's and the dad is just like, well, you've already looked at that. Right. And he's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) And it like opens up a whole new branch of the thing. (laughs) (laughs) And one of those is that like, you know, it's it's maybe the second or third time they're coming back to the project. And Sam's mom is like, well, you know, your cousin Adam, like makes movies right yeah <laughs> like he like makes documentaries that are like pretty successful why don't you like link up with him and he's like i didn't even know i had a cousin adam <laughs> so adam? He just like goes to his cousin adam and adam is like okay cool <laughs> that sounds fun yeah and, then, and that's how they get linked up with like the safty brothers <laughs> on the wikipedia so it, the the executive producers are josh and benny safty dan mcbride jody hill david gordon green <laughs> Uh, and then also Brendan James, who I'm assuming is like blowback Brendan James. Oh, maybe. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. There's a ton of people involved with this. It sounds really interesting. Yeah, it's really good. It's really worth watching. Uh, I enjoyed it a lot. It's really unique. There's nothing else like it. If not just for the first episode where you see all the footage of how fucking crazy their office was. I mean, that that alone, I feel like is is pretty worth it. I'll definitely check it out. Uh, Bryn, what did you watch this week? I still haven't decided what I want to <laughs> talk about now. Um, I think I will just, I'll just quickly mention the, the things. Um, last week I talked about how I like to watch Denzel movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, another Denzel movie that I watched was The Hurricane. Okay. Um, the Hurricane is a 1999 film directed by Norman Jewison. Jewison? I'm not never sure how to say that guy's name. Mm. Um, uh, you you know about the hurricane, right? No. Here comes the story of the well, hurricane. Oh, I know that. Yeah. So, so it's, it's this, about it's about that guy. Yes, it is about <laughs> a man who was uh, Reuben Hurricane Carter, who was uh, wrongly convicted for a triple murder in a bar in Patterson, New Jersey. Um, do they use the song? They do use the song multiple times. Yeah, they gotta. <laughs> um, so the thing is that the <laughs> So uh, this this movie, um, it's a really interesting story that I think just deserves a better movie. Mm. Um, obviously, Denzel playing this character is just out of this world. He uh, is, as usual, um, knock your socks off good. Uh, and he has a lot to work with. So this, if you don't know, the general story is this guy was a um, a a boxer who um, he uh, was very very good. He was a middleweight, and he was probably gonna be, you know, near like the as, best as of the world. As he says in the song, he could have been the champion of the that world. Been, could, he definitely could have been, and then. Um, sort of randomly this this like it's hard because now my only like real perception of the story is from this movie Mm -hmm. uh which i feel like isn't completely like by the numbers true (laughs) um but there's this like just like super villain cop who since he was like a child has been trying to put the put reuben carter behind bars interesting Um, as a matter of fact succeeded um, when he was a kid, he like uh, this like white guy tried to molest him, and then he stabs him, um, and then the cops throw him in juvie, mm-hmm. um, and he had to go to like prison for a long time, and then he like 
or not prison, but like, you know, in juvenile detention or whatever. And then he gets out and then this cop has just been giving him shit. And so he basically sets him up to pin this like random murder on him uh, where he like wasn't even around. Like he was just like at a different club and drive drove by it or whatever. And then they pull him over and they're like, oh, hey, you. Yeah, you killed him. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like obviously in the movie, very cut and dry. So the whole movie is basically like these weird sections because it's like three main sections where it's setting up what happened. There's like some stuff in the 40s or, you know, 40s or whatever where he's a boxer and being cool and going to bars and stuff. And then the big middle section is um, him in prison and like just his personal dealing with what that is. And he writes a book in prison. Mm -hmm. And then that like notifies bob dylan and all these famous people about it and that's why the song happens at the time oh is Um, bob dylan in like bob dylan is a character in the movie no no no. it's just like there's like flashes of like real footage of like bob dylan playing the song and like people protesting for this guy who's like but it is a part of the movie that like this happens it's a cultural thing yeah uh but then nothing happens and so then he's writing letters to this kid who's in this very weird situation that is not explained at all mm-hmm. because I think it's just like, it's true. This kid from Brooklyn is like taken in by these three white Canadians who live together. It's like two guys and a woman who like live in Canada and they live on like this big property. It's never explained what their relationship is. Um, and like why they're helping this kid. They just are weird people who help people um but he start he he finds the book at a used book sale and then is like starts writing to him and they have form a relationship and then they like dedicate their lives to freeing carter the hurricane um so they start and he's like mistrusting of them he's like why are you helping me weird white people right um and then they like move to like next door to where the prison is so they can have like like better access uh this really happened um they just really i mean they were just really really invested in the case and then for the last half of it like the last like third of the movie it becomes this like kind of fun like detective movie where they're like trying to trace back all of like what actually happened and get all like do all this like new research Mm -hmm. and then it's set up in this very and then the very last like 10 minutes of the movie is a courtroom drama where uh they have this like pretty ironclad evidence but what they found out is that the judge that they've been bringing it to in new york is like friends with this dude and has basically just been not giving him a fair trial and so legally their only option is to go above him and go take it to the federal court and if they do that and the judge decides to send it back to the state all of the evidence is like um has to be thrown away so they take this like huge like all-in bet on like pleading their case to like federal court Mm -hmm. and then that's how he gets freed it's like they're like the judge is like yeah he clearly is being a bastard and yeah you you didn't get a fair trial then he gets released um and that's the end of the movie um so it just it's such an interesting story um this very weird horrible thing that happens that's just so wildly all over the place that it never feels like a cohesive, like emotional story. Um, 
because you've got all these these like three white people in the movie who you're like following half the time and you're just mm-hmm. like what is their motivation at all um and then denzel is just like obviously so good but he's in prison and doesn't have a lot of stuff to talk to so it kind of suffers from like biopic problems like biopic problems i should say yeah of just like still not clear how you're supposed to pronounce that by the way i think it's biopic i Um, i honestly like i've i always say biopic but i'm like not confident (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think it's biopic and uh so it's just it's got these biopic problems of covering way too much stuff and not really having a good way of framing it Mm -hmm. uh it's a real shame i i it's like i kind of recommend it because it's like just really interesting and the problem is it's so frustrating too because it's like wow this terrible thing that happened to a guy who was so smart mm-hmm. that he brought and like so intelligent and 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 you know uh, talented and talented and, yeah. that he wrote a book about it and then like got attention and then that like helped him get out of prison after 30 years even if you go through all that you still have to be in prison for 30 years and yeah. be like abused by the system for nothing mm-hmm. uh and then it tries to have this sort of like, and then they won, but it's yeah, like, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just like, this is horrific. Yeah. Uh, we live in the worst country of all time. It's terrible, but it's like, doesn't really engage with that. It's, it's trying to do too much because the story is too big. Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's a show or something, but this is 1999. So it wasn't going to be a show. It's never going to be a show. Maybe um, it'll be a show now. I mean, it's been long enough. Yeah, but you can't do Denzel. Um, no, you can't do Denzel. Yeah. Uh, but it's an in- it's a very interesting watch. Um, I mean, it's one of those movies with Denzel where it's like not a great movie, but I cried and it's beautiful. You know, like mm-hmm. he's just so fucking good. Um, so I-, I recommend it. It's, it's kind of okay if you want to know that story. It's such a weird story. Um, yeah it's a little over the top in places um but i liked it nice well should we get to our feature presentation it is once again time for our feature presentation and this week our feature presentation is the 2010 american action thriller film based on the 1980s television series of the same name the a-team the a-team directed by joe carnahan who also directed Smoke and Aces. <laughs> uh, oh, of course. Yeah. Smoke and, and Aces. <laughs> his his uh his uh filmography is like <coughs> if you go on Wikipedia and look at his filmography, it is a list of movies where you're like, "What? That's a movie?" and then you look at the poster and you're like, "Oh, I've seen that poster a million times." Yeah, at the Blockbuster. gray. I don't I <laughs> don't know what the gray is. But then look at that snowy But then you look at the Liam. thing and you're like, "Yep, I remember that." Oh yeah, boss Stretch. level. Never heard of it. Oh, seen that poster on the subway every single day for a whole year. Yeah. Um wow. Yeah, he makes Hulu originals, which this is. Uh <laughs> Oh, it is? No, spiritually. Oh, okay. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> this movie uh feels like a hulu original to me Mm -hmm. um this movie stars liam neeson bradley cooper jessica beale uh quinton jackson and uh charlotte copley yeah who is it's a (laughs) weird it's a weird uh cast because it's like pretty stacked and then you're like who the fuck is charlotte copley he's the guy Uh, from um district nine 
Oh, he is that guy. Oh, yeah. this was one year after. Mm-hmm. So he was like, people were like, oh, he's going to be a guy. And then he isn't. Which, by course. the way, is very funny because I, one of the things that I noticed in this, so one of the, one of the ongoing bits is that Charlotte, Charlotte Copley's character, uh, uh, Howling Mad Murdoch, uh, he is like a genius with language and accents and he's able to just like fake it all the time. Right. And there's a part where he is supposed to be South African. He's like a South African, you know, cameraman or whatever. And I was hearing him do it. This is before I looked up who he is and I heard it. I was like, that's a bad South African accent. <laughs> and then I look it up and he is the South Africa guy. I yeah. mean, that, that just shows, I think, how ridiculous the South African accent is. It's just made up. They just wanted to it have something fake. <laughs> they wanted to have something special about them, so they made up an accent. Uh, yeah, I don't so, believe them. Uh, this movie is based off of a 80s television show that was not expected to be a hit by any means, um, but inexplicably was. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's basically it, the it's all summed up in the opening sequence which is their their army special forces unit and they were tried by court martial for a crime they did not commit and they were sentenced to military prison and then they escaped and then they're working as soldiers in fortune and if you need something done you can call the a-team yes um, so what was your experience with the a-team before this zero i i mean i it, it, it's like about as much as I know about the man from uncle. Okay. Um, like I know it's a show. I know the basic premise that it's four guys in a van doing action stuff. And mm-hmm. I know Mr. T's in it. I knew their names. I knew one of them was Murdoch face. What's the guy's name? Doc or some shit. Murdoch face. Uh, Hannibal. Hannibal and B.A. And badass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or Bosco. Bosco? Uh, Baracus, everybody calls him. Bosco. Um, whatever. I knew basically, that's about as much as I know. I don't think I've ever seen a single episode. If I have, it was like in a hospital waiting room or something. And mm-hmm. I like, wasn't paying attention. Uh, I don't know anything about it. It looks really stupid. It doesn't look yeah. like something. It looks like the quality of MASH without anything interesting about it. Sure, yeah. Um, so similarly, I have like no experience with the A team. I know about as much as you do. It's guys in a van, Mr. T's in it. I know the I love it when a plan comes together. And I know Wait, I that's feel like from this? Yeah, I feel like you catch little bits of it from Robot Chicken is where I would know like most of this shit from. I feel like they always had like sketches that involved the A team. The A team was like G.I. Joe for the lamest kid in school. Like maybe I don't know who likes the A team to be I honest. I don't know, with but you. it just it feels like it feels like an off brand even for what it was at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, or maybe it was cool GI Joe. You know what I mean? Because it was <laughs> yeah. like live action and it involved like Mr. T and real guns and stuff. You know, like maybe it's very possible. Maybe it was for like bad kids. I don't know. Anybody don't know. who's older than us. If you listen to the show, I don't know if anybody older than us listens to this show, but if you are I older than us Actually, and you hey, remember the A-Team, <laughs> I would love it if you would write in. GenerationLostPod at gmail.com. Yeah. Tell us who liked the A-Team and what the vibe was around it. I must yeah. know, in fact. We want, we, didn't know, we want to know how groovy it was. Um, yeah. so, <laughs> Which you all were saying in the early 80s, I think. That's right. Uh, <laughs> uh, also, so I guess the thing that's so in- inexplicable about this movie is this movie came out 
13 years ago, which doesn't mm-hmm. seem long enough. Yes. Like, it but feels- also doesn't seem short enough. I kind of feel like I remember <laughs> it being more recent, but it doesn't seem long enough ago that it was capturing the right wave of nostalgia. Yeah, it feels... And this movie was kind of a disappointment. It it cost... Uh, let's see. It cost $100 million. It made 177 worldwide. Yeah. So it didn't even make its money back domestically. Yeah. Uh, weird that it was popular anywhere else, considering I don't think the A-Team... Maybe the A-Team was like really popular in Indonesia or something weird. It does seem like the kind of thing that would have been popular in Asia or some shit. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't a big hit. It was a medium it was a it was a base hit basically mm-hmm. um so i didn't know anything about this which doesn't help because the show the movie really wants you to know everything about this see this is interesting because <laughs> i actually feel like it helped me a lot that i didn't know anything about it because i feel like a lot of shit in here was probably in here because of it being on the show right the, it just classic nostalgia shit where there's just something in here that you're supposed to recognize from the show the only times i ever really was like getting hit over the head by it was when he would say i love it when a plan comes together and i'd be like okay you said the thing from the show but like there are I, when three you, moments in this movie where an old guy shows up and the camera like zooms in and i'm like mm, oh i guess that's somebody i'm supposed to know maybe somebody from the show yeah i don't know it is. But, it's three. I looked it up three times. Everybody but Mr. T makes a cameo in this movie. At, like when when Face isn't breaking out of prison and like he goes up and he's like, hey, how do you keep your skin clean or whatever or whatever? Mm. You're like, how do you keep your face skin clean? And then the guy, the old man is just like, don't worry about it. And then he walks by. That's the original face. Okay. So I, I like <laughs> caught those things. I was like, what the fuck is this? Right. Um, but I had to look it up. I had to actually read the Wikipedia while I was watching this movie. I did it's too. Fucking it's really confusing. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty confusing what happens in this movie, and and you know, similar to to that all, like I was noticing stuff that I was supposed to know from the show just from clicking shit in the Wikipedia, and it would lead me to stuff from the original yeah. A Team, and I'd be like, okay, so that's why this character exists. Because yeah, he sure do doesn't some... make sense in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> they had to do something with that guy. Uh, so, just real quick, the 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 plot is labyrinthian and nonsensical. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but basically, what happens is uh, Hannibal is a guy who is, they're all army rangers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all meet up in Mexico basi- for basically by reasons. chance. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like they okay so the thing the thing you have to know about this movie is that it's not a remake it's a prequel mm-hmm. that the, the thing that they were convicted of and court-martialed for and broke out of prison for in the beginning of every 18 episode this is the story of that it's never explained in the show and this is the story of them having that adventure where they meet up and then they so so Hannibal has this plan to break out his friend uh, face who's played by bradley cooper and he just like hijacks mr t or not mr t uh yeah Bosco. so what's happening is like bradley cooper is like caught by like a cartel guy or some shit like that for whatever and, reason and and yeah face is is going down to to save him he uh he kind of gets into his own little jam but he gets himself out of it he meets up with mr t completely by chance who's also in mexico 
they all break Bradley Cooper out together. And then in part of their escape strategy, they end up coming across Murdoch in a mental institution and he's a genius helicopter pilot and they all break out together. That's how they all meet. And then we flash forward to, they say like eight years and 80 missions later. Now we're in, um, Iraq. <laughs> I get, no, yeah. yeah, yeah, they're in Iraq. Yeah, they're so in we're Baghdad. at some sort of like middle uh, military base in Baghdad, and the CIA, uh, played by Patrick Wilson, uh, his name is Lynch. Mm-hmm. Uh, he asked them that to which do I'm this, gonna like, guess based on the end of the movie. Lynch is a character on the show. It's gotta, gotta guess. be right. Gotta it's- guess. <laughs> <laughs> and he asked them to do a mission and. I'm not going to explain it. Basically, uh, there's a bunch of money that they need to get out of Iraq. This is important, actually. This is important for something that's going to happen later. So, as part of the... So, like, the war is ending, uh, and I guess there's, like, these plates that they use to print money. They print U.S. dollars with dollars, with with these plates, and the Iranians have hijacked these plates, and they have a machine that they can use to mint money with them. And they have minted a billion dollars of unbacked U.S. currency, which cannot be allowed to get into the market because it will destroy the U.S. dollar. It will <laughs> because that's cause, how it works. It does. I mean, it really does. If you put a billion dollars of of you know, if you if you have unbacked a billion dollars put into the economy, it will overinflate the money and and and. That is bad. Nah, that wouldn't happen. That is that is a bad thing that could <laughs> that, that, that you know in the theoretical world where you could do such a thing, that would be bad <laughs> to put a billion dollars of new money in without anything backing it would be bad, right? So, that's the premise. They got to go they got to go get rid of the money, they got to destroy the fake money and they got to steal the plates back. But there's nothing backing the American dollar anyway. Yeah, but it's backed by like the the government at least knowing it exists. <laughs> <laughs> There's you know so what I mean? Like at the very least, the you can't you, you can't put a billion dollars in, and and the government doesn't know about it. That's bad. I think so. You can, but <laughs> it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It will matter again at the end for for a very specific reason, and we'll get to it. Right. But that's the mission. They go. They do it. They have a fun little scheme where they steal the money back, and uh, when they get back, the the container with the money blows up, and so does the car with the guy who sent them on the mission so everybody's like you killed him or something you were on an unsanctioned mission okay You're going to jail. this is where this is where the movie starts to become so ludicrous it's like impossible to even justify the cia asked them to do something an army general gave them permission to go do it which shouldn't have to happen the cia mm-hmm. doesn't have to ha- ask the army if they can go to iraq right but i guess that's part of the setup for the double cross i don't know it's fucking stupid. They go do it, and then like one guy dies, and they're like, "Oh, you did something illegal," and so you they 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 court martial them. Is it because they went and did the thing, or for killing the guy? I think it's both. Okay, but the thing is, is that the CIA asked them to do this secret thing, right? Uh, and so I guess the and idea the is CIA that the CIA guy is still alive, so I don't understand mm-hmm. why they would like let them hang out to dry like this. So I think the idea is that this always was a stitch up to get them in trouble for this thing, right? Yeah, so, but why? <laughs> but why? That's the question. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think it's because the CIA guy, like, he's trying to use that the the black. Uh, the the whatever the um it's Blackrock but it's it's Blackrock uh, yeah yeah or not Blackrock um Blackwater 
Blackwater. They yeah, call the Blackwater Black Forest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the Blackwater guy. Like the ham. I, I think the idea <laughs> is that the Blackwater guy is meant to be intercepting the plates and the money, so the CIA has like this plausible deniability to get those plates away from where they are and use them for their own purposes. Right. Uh, um, but I don't see and why the they A-team don't just... are the fall guys for that. Yeah, but uh, this is the thing about the movie is that it just has like the most fictional understanding of the way anything works in mm-hmm. American politics and a military. Um, so I was continually annoyed by this movie for that reason, mm-hmm. uh, among many other reasons, but <laughs> we'll get there. So they get arrested. They go to prison. CIA guy in uh, Lynch visits Hannibal in prison and is like, Hey, I got another job for you. Sorry. I fucked you on this one, but we'll get you out of prison. And then he's like, we'll get you out of prison if you take this job. And Hannibal's like, I've already, I'm way ahead of you. I've been researching this from prison. I've been getting classified <laughs> documents uh, in prison. And he's like, I already know what you're going to ask me. And then what is the admission he wants to get the Iraqi guy who's got the... It's the plates. It's still the yeah, plates. It's still the plates. Um, so the plates are unaccounted for still. Uh, the money has all been destroyed, but the plates are still out there. So they could just do it again if they wanted to. Right. Um, so he's like, we got to get those plates. Uh, so why don't you go do it? This Arab guy has got it. Um, and they're like, okay, well, we'll get you out and we'll do it. But then the next sequence is them all like breaking out of prison in a Looney Tunes fashion. Mm-hmm. Um, for some reason, it's like, why is the CIA just say, let these guys out of prison? Right. Uh, it, it, the, the movie presupposes that the CIA has no power. Mm-hmm. whatsoever over the u.s government or at the uh, very least it, it presupposes among, like, that like everything legal. they're doing is so secretive that like like that's that, that was my assumption was that like all this had to happen like they had to break out and not be let out by the cia because the cia needed you know needed to continue say, the facade anybody. of of <laughs> you know this is this didn't happen you know nobody knows about the plates so we can't tell them why we're letting you out or whatever ludicrous so they so they all break out of jail in goofy ass ways um and then they go on the mission Mm -hmm. um they and and uh there's a great sequence here i'm gonna say by the way this movie is so fucking stupid everything about it is so stupid however i hated it i kind of liked it i hate it i kind of had a good time i i mean (laughs) i i you know in terms of substance, there's nothing here. There's nothing no. here. It's stupid. It's it's very poorly constructed. However, the action sequences are really fun and they're so dumb. And so like this is- and this is one of the great dumb things in the movie is during their during their escape, they hijack a gigantic plane with a tank in the back of it. Uh, the plane is crashing, so they jump out of it in the tank with like these uh, with the parachutes on the back of it, and they're like shooting at these drones that are trying to get them from the tank. Then their parachutes are like two of them get destroyed. There's only one left, so they're falling, and they use the gun on the tank to like motion themselves to a soft landing point. That shit fucking rocked. I don't no, care how that's stupid that is. Stupid. <laughs> That's a dumb idea. Like, this is what I mean about it being a Looney Tunes movie. Yes. Where it's like, that doesn't even make... It's such a bad idea (laughs) that it, like... I was confused as to what I was looking at. Mm -hmm. I was like, why are they shooting down? 
Like sh- so so like I, I I think I think on a constructive led on a constructed level, it's so poorly put together, it's so mm-hmm. poorly shot and directed and edited that I literally didn't know what was happening. And so, I like <laughs> the the and then when I came upon the realization that the idea was that shooting the water would somehow help. Yes. Uh, so, do you remember in Sergeant is Bilko? It's like a child's understanding of the world. It, it's not entirely though. It's it's so in Sergeant Bilko, you remember they make the hover tank, right? And the biggest problem with the hover tank is that it has no traction on the ground, right? It hovers. Right. So when you fire the gun, it makes the hover tank move, you know, yeah. because of the kickback, right? When you shoot a gun, it kicks back into your hand. So the idea yeah. is they they are, you know, they're like moving slightly slower than free fall because they have the one parachute left. And they're firing the cannon to use the kickback to move it towards that lake. And then they're shooting it down to kind of do the kickback to like soften their landing. That wouldn't work. (laughs) (laughs) Whether or not it would work is not a question here. It doesn't make any sense. It's a fucking stupid movie. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I, I... But that's a really good encapsulation of basically everything I hate about the movie is that like the ideas are like I like Crank. Mm-hmm. Like if you the first crank, the second one isn't very good. Mm-hmm. The first crank is funny for those reasons where it's like, what if you could do this? You know, I like a creative action sequence, but like this has the same problem as like the Charlie's Angels movies do for me, where it's just like it's so out of the realm of reality that I can't there's no tension for me or excitement mm. of like, Oh, that's cool. I'm just thinking about the plausibility because of how stupid it is. Right. Um, and that's definitely a taste thing. I, you know, but, it, but, but the idea of it being a tank or it being in a plane or whatever, like kind of loses a lot of luster when you're not even going to play by the rules of what would make that cool. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like if it can just fly or they can just like, you know, get lift with a helicopter. You know what I mean? Like what's cool about a helicopter is that it's a helicopter, not that it just turns into a jet for some reason. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) And that's what this movie is. It's just so fanciful. It's just made by idiots. Yeah. That I I mean, I think you need to, in order to enjoy this movie properly, I do think you need to just like make yourself an idiot for a little bit. I think you need to just be like, I'm a dumbass, and and this is just fun. <laughs> but it's not fun. I had fun. Personally. I'm glad you had fun. <laughs> I I did not. So th- that's the big problem is that uh, the movie is not funny at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't laugh once. I hated every. I hate Bradley Cooper in this movie. And Interesting. I don't, even, I don't even have a big like problem with Bradley Cooper. Like I think he's fun as Rocket Raccoon. Yeah. Um. I don't mind him in. Um, Didn't even realize he was Rocket Raccoon. American Hustle. Uh. I think he's like. Lots of people get really annoyed by Bradley Cooper, and I'm like, I can take him or leave him, but he doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. This movie was so like man show Spike TV like yeah, sense of humor that true. I want. I wanted to punch everyone in this movie mo- most of the time um see i feel like i thought that bradley cooper i don't think he was necessarily funny but i think he like i think his character felt better defined than most of the others i think i really think that murdoch probably is the best performance of the four 
Um, That's fair. I think he's the most compelling and interesting, like to just kind of like watch work. I like his like little language gimmick and whatever. And that's kind of fun. I like that. He's just kind of like a loose cannon and, you know, varying mission to mission, whether or not he's going to be an asset or, you know, just like a fucking weight around their neck. I think my biggest issue performance wise is, um, is the Mr. T character. And, oh, um, he's awful. He's awful, and you really just like he can't uh, say one line convincingly. No, like, and 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 of like, the come on, Hannibal, what do you mean? Yeah, like of You're the things that, that we know about the show, right? We know the van, we know that it's the four guys, and we know that Mr. T is in it. That's a problem for you in a movie that like you have <laughs> possibly the most recognizable man ever as one of the characters. <laughs> Sorry, it's going to be hard for you to play Mr. T if you are not Mr. T. And they really don't ever figure out whether or not they want him to be Mr. T or not. Right. He's just like completely uncharismatic. He has no, he, he doesn't really look like Mr. T. So I don't, I think he's just like, he was a wrestler and down mm-hmm. and like that was good enough. And that was good enough. And like, they don't, look the same that he has no charisma no he seems like he's like sheepish and like he wouldn't hurt a fly which i um, guess is maybe maybe that's an a-team thing maybe that's part of his character i don't know maybe i don't know I, they do make I, a whole thing out of it where he's like actually i'm a pacifist now but then it's a big reveal when he fucking murders that guy and he's just like surprised <laughs> i have the mohawk again <laughs> <laughs> yeah he uh like pile drives a guy at the end of the movie yeah which is pretty um, sick i will say that part the, okay. the mr t guy uh even though his performance is pretty fucking wretched his action scenes are pretty okay i like his opening sequence to do in his opening sequence when he's getting his van back when he just like fucking kicks that guy through the window (laughs) that part is kind of fun i was like okay that's fun uh he's got a nice like i um, like that they made i I like that they make him a superhero yeah i was gonna say he's got a nice like the mountain on game of thrones sort of a quality to him where it's just like he gets like not quite goku strength but like (laughs) definitely a bit above a guy (laughs) yeah (laughs) he's a little he's a little bit saiyan uh which is cool and then they make him do nothing for the rest of the movie Mm -hmm. like just idiotic screenwriting um Liam okay, Neeson so sucks so bad in Liam this Neeson too. Liam Neeson kind of always sucks in anything where he's trying to be badass. Mm-hmm. Like I think his American accent is dog shit. I'm not even sure if he's trying to do one in this, <laughs> which is surprising because a big part of the thing he's is that they're, they're American army rangers. Yeah. But he always sounds British. Is that kind of like another example of why I hate this movie is like the screenwriting is just so lazy that it's like he shoots Mr. T or Bosco in the arm mm-hmm. and then literally like two scenes later he doesn't even have uh, a bandage on his yeah. on his arm like this movie doesn't care at all about anything and i and i just i can't i can't i feel insulted by it <laughs> um so so they uh get out of prison and then what happens Oh, they go and they steal the plates and whatever. And then they, they also kidnap the Arab guy. And it turns out it's the general who died earlier. And he has something where he's like, I don't know, he got like bought or something. And then who gives a shit about that at all? I don't. <laughs> yeah, uh, me neither. <laughs> but then they go back to uh, they 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 um, they go back to the army and they're like, hey, we we figured out what's going on. The CIA was doing this and they're in cahoots with Blackwater and we can prove that we are innocent. We have the plates. We have the general. Let's fucking meet. Uh, and they meet on a container ship uh, in the port of Los Angeles where the final showdown goes down. 
and there's this whole big cockamamie scheme where they're like doing a shell game with the with the containers and with like fireworks and stuff and that's all fun and games and whatever but uh something happens in this sequence that kind of really undercuts the entire premise of the problem of the movie right which is that a billion dollars of unaccounted for money would crash the american you know the american economy right then in this sequence they fucking use a rocket launcher and blow up a container ship worth definitely more than a billion dollars. <laughs> That's for fucking sure, man. <laughs> like you, you. <laughs> it's very interesting to view this movie in a post-COVID world where we have now both experienced uh, what happens to the economy when there is like uh, currency inflation problems. and when yeah. there is supply chain problems involving container ships. We know now what both of those things do, <laughs> and to see that happen, I just like fucking died laughing because i was just like the whole the whole problem of the billion dollars is made way worse now <laughs> like why does anybody give a shit about a billion fucking dollars if you're gonna blow up like probably three billion dollars worth of merchandise as well as probably a billion dollars worth of container ship <laughs> it's so stupid and this is what i'm saying it's it's fucking insulting to your intelligence and you're right if you are if you can completely shut your brain off, it won't bother you. Yeah. That's the best you could say about this movie is that it wouldn't piss you off. Mm-hmm. But I think so so they get the fucking they they get the fucking plates back. Uh they get uh Yeah, they have their big showdown everywhere. in the on the container ship uh where they they kill the Blackwater guy and they capture the CIA guy. Oh yeah. By the way, one thing we haven't mentioned is there's a Blackwater guy and he's actually the real villain of the movie, but he mm-hmm. doesn't matter. He sucks. And he's like Who cares? Barely, they don't introduce him. He just shows he's up. Like an hour and a half into the movie. <laughs> he like, just shows up in the, a scene and you're villain. supposed to know who he is. And I clicked his name and he's from the show. So that's Who why cares? he's there. Um so <laughs> anyway, so, so is Sosa from the show? Jennifer Almost Beale? certainly, yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I mean, all these people, their their characters have a blue link, you know? Mm. Uh, so, <laughs> they're all from the fucking show. Oh. And um, so, so, they capture the CIA guy, they kill the Blackwater guy, they go to the army, and they're like, hey, here's what the fuck happened, here's all of this tied up neatly in a bag, and then the CIA shows up, and they take the CIA guy. It's John Hamm now. He's also called um, Lynch he's also called Lynch and they all make a big thing out of that which makes me believe Lynch is a character from the show and and it's maybe a thing I don't know sure and um, they, they take him and they're like I don't know were we supposed to think that he was like impersonating a CIA officer or is he being reprimanded by the CIA well that would be the only thing that makes sense <laughs> yeah. is that like the CIA has no power because he's just a Blackwater suit who's mm-hmm. like saying I'm from the CIA and then like Hannibal just like straight up believes him for no reason yeah uh, <laughs> it does it's whatever but so they they uh, they arrest Lynch and um, but then they also arrest the A team again and they're like hey I know you saved the day and whatever but it's also illegal to break out of prison so you have to go We're back to prison you back. Um, right and so then uh, Jessica Beal kisses face and slips him a handcuff key and they have a nice little closing sequence where they're just like surprise the story's not over yet this is right. how the show starts yeah. And that's, and that's that. The, and that's the movie. And this movie, uh, I, I'm sure it's very clear. I fucking hate this movie <laughs> so much. Um, yeah, I, I think the problem is, what I was going to say is that 
at best you can say it doesn't piss you off. But for me, this is just not the kind of action I'm interested in or mm-hmm. it does anything for me at all. They're this sort of like so over the top. I can't like they start just playing around with like just physics don't matter. Like we're falling, but we're falling out of a plane and we're jumping into a tank, but it looks like we're just like crawling into a van. Like (laughs) there's no wind. Like it's just like very poorly done. Mm -hmm. And I think there's like, like mission impossible movies are stupid too. Mm -hmm. Second one is second one is like this, but like one and three are like, there's, there's a, there's a grounding to it where it's like, it's absurd. The story doesn't matter, but the action scenes look and feel cool. And we talked about this, about this a lot with like Top Gun. Mm-hmm. Um, there, it, there has to be some level of like stakes or like, impre- I have to be impressed. Like, wow, they did this cool thing. Uh, just like, uh, it, this kind of stuff reminds me of like Bam Margera's stick drawings of his like stunts, where it's <laughs> yeah, like, what yeah, if, yeah. <laughs> what if the fat guy is tied to and I jump off and it's a bungee cord or whatever, like the stuff he would fax. That's how these. It's like, what if a tank was hanging out of by a parachute and shooting at a plane? It's like, what if? I don't know. What show if? me, show me something more than a drawing. Yeah. Um, I'd say but, this is this falls more into the Fast and Furious sequels, uh, which I also tradition hate. of of action. <laughs> where yeah, I think you really have to just like just take a fucking belt sander to your brain and just make it a fucking pearl, you know, just make that thing (laughs) nice and smooth and just don't even think, don't think about it too much. uh, Mm -hmm. And you'll maybe enjoy yourself. I was luckily in that sort of headspace last night when I watched this, I had had a long day and not a lot of sleep the night before. So I think I was like fuzzy enough that I was like right in the fucking zone. Uh huh. I mean, we just finished a bonus episode of Ranking. I'm assuming that it's not very high for you. You just didn't hate it. No, I think, and I think in the cold light of day, if I like really go back, I mean, especially (laughs) when I go back and like find a clip to put at the beginning of this episode and stuff, I think it's going to shed a lot more, you know, there's going to be a lot more sunlight on this movie. Uh, (laughs) But I was in the right space for it last night. So I did enjoy it a lot. (laughs) A lot. Yeah, I I had a good time. I mean, I definitely, like, all the time, I was just like, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. But I mean, like, anytime I just would be like, just let my fucking eyes roll back and just turn into, like, the, uh, like, go into the warg mode (laughs) and just kind of enjoy (laughs) it. Yeah, I think for me, it's just like... You watched it during the day. That's a problem. You need to be tired. No, I was, it was 2 a.m. when I watched the vast majority of it. Mm. Um, It was very late and I was tired and I was annoyed that I had to watch it. Interesting. So I slept and then I woke up and watched the rest of it and I was even more upset. Um, I, 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 uh, yeah, I think the big part of it for me is just nothing is funny or charming. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I think they take themselves too seriously most of the time. Like, Hannibal is... That's a problem. <laughs> but, but it, like, it, it doesn't... It has this, like... Especially for us. <coughs> I think, like, Hannibal is too, like, I'm a badass. It has this, like, real Reddit feeling to me. Mm-hmm. Where it's, like, pandering to the worst type of Reddit guy. Yeah. Like, that when they're falling in the tank, there is a CGI zoom onto the tank to a sticker that says how's my driving yeah yeah yeah, yeah. 
That felt like Fuck a fun you. little throwback, though. To like, that's like a that's a joke that would be in like a '90s action comedy movie, like an Operation even, Dumbo but, Drop. But, the, the, <laughs> but the the tone is just so wildly gyrating. Where it's mm-hmm. like, is this literally a Looney Tunes? And because I could be on board if it was that Looney Tunes all the You're time. Right, because it does it does whip pan from that to like a scene where like Mr. T is like I I can't kill anymore. I yeah. read Gandhi. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh but then like yeah, every time like face is like hitting on women or like Murdoch is just like I'm retarded, you know, like yeah. oh, we're fucking in a mental institution. <laughs> I don't get what I'm supposed to be. Is this funny? It, it just it has this very like I said, like Spike TV Reddit ass like it it has a very like crank yankers equality to it like kyle canane should be narrating this yeah it this was a drill to my head like i (laughs) this was see that's the problem that's a problem it can't be a drill (laughs) it's got to be a belt sander yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah i don't have the right hormones for this movie i don't think um so I hated it. I would not recommend it. I fuck it would it's the bottom of the list to me. I mm. can't handle this one. It can't be the bottom of the list. No, no fucking no. I mean, way. It, this is this is fourth tier though. <laughs> uh, for sure. I hated it. Yeah. Um but you know it, it's not the one thing I will say is that it's not trying to be anything. Like mm-hmm. it it is nails on a chalkboard for me, but for what it is, I don't think they were trying to do anything else. Like it's not, it's not like it's a failure exactly. Uh, I just think it's kind of a mess, and yeah. it's a, it's a particular kind of mess that, like, it's weird because I'm having trouble distinguishing why I hate this and why I love Aquaman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think it's because Aquaman has incredible surreal ideas. Yeah. Um, and this doesn't. This yeah, has like. I mean, Aquaman is a very yes and sort of a movie where yeah. everything is just kind of like, here's a crazy idea. Here's an even crazier one. You know, <laughs> you can just picture them in the room just being like, no, this, you know, and like every yeah. time somebody comes up with an idea, someone else is like, you know, it's like, okay, sure, Willem Dafoe, but he's riding a hammerhead shark and <laughs> he's got a top knot. And that top knot, CGI. You know, like they're all just like hitting each other with new ideas on top of the ideas. Whereas this one feels very much, you're right, like the the Bam Margera stick figure drawing where they're just like, okay, so they're falling out of the plane. What's like a fun thing we could do when they're falling out of the plane? Someone else is like, what if they shot the thing and it made them move? And they're like, perfect. Done. (laughs) Yeah, it, it feels like it either needs to be more grounded and have like a Mad Max sort of quality where it's like oh these are real cars and like we actually built this weird tank and we threw it out of the ground or threw it out of the air and like put this tank into a into a lake like yeah i would like to see somebody do that but they didn't it's a cgi tank and a cgi lake and it looks bad and and, and there's, there's a like guy wild- doing like a fucking grenade to kill the fish and whatever and his wife is like that's not nice I don't know what's going on in that sequence. <laughs> and where they're, are they? Berlin, or they're in Germany. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, and then, and then, like to have the tone of like doing wily e. coyote jokes sometimes. Yeah, it just felt so uneven, and and again, all of it was just searingly annoying. Um, so I can't recommend it. Would never. 
but Jeremy liked it. I liked it. I think I recommend it under very specific conditions. I think you've got to be very tired or very drunk. <laughs> I wouldn't get high. I'd get drunk. This is a good drunk movie. Yeah. Uh, if you are a Reddit person, <laughs> uh, maybe you would enjoy something like mm-hmm. this. I think take a couple of shots and then just kind of like nurse a beer throughout the movie and I think you'll enjoy yourself. I want to know what the uh, Dark Council person who nominated this thinks of this movie. Yeah. Because um, I wonder if it was like a movie that they like or something they wanted to watch. Or something they wanted to impose on us. Mm. Who knows? Right in. I'm reading so excited for the A-Team episode. That movie is so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> uh yes i don't remember which one of you did it but it every every single uh message in the discord uh about the a-team has the word dumb in it Mm. uh so it seems like you all know it's stupid maybe you didn't expect me to hate it this much maybe you expected me to feel like jeremy which is understandable uh but i just can't do it can't do it uh, so sorry if you wanted me to like it, but I don't. <laughs> uh, that's the show, though. Thanks so much for listening. This has been Generation Loss. Sorry I took this movie so too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, thanks so much for listening to the show. If you'd like to hear more of our show, you can go to patreon.com slash generation loss and sign up for the bonus episodes which you'll get every week in addition to the regular episode where we talk about the movie news we rank all the movies we've ever watched we read your emails all kinds of fun stuff we review tv shows that are voted on the sopranos tier um if you're in that you get to nominate a movie and then vote on which movie we're going to or which series excuse me we're going to watch for that month uh which we just did and like we said it is since eight so look forward to that you can also join the dark council and tell us what to watch on the regular episodes go check all that out at patreon.com slash generation loss follow us on twitter at gen loss pod and then follow us individually from there check out my new song from stay inside uh and until next time that's movies what's a free